This week, Johnny Unicorn and I are going to give a commentary to the entirety of the 1987 film Predator. Let's do it. So John came over to watch Predator, and we sat down and started the movie. Our plan was to watch the movie and then record a podcast after that, but we couldn't stop talking. We were feeling very chatty, so we decided to just record a commentary instead. Uh, So you will hear the movie in the background. I just let it bleed into the mics, because that's a really easy way to get some of the audio from the movie into the podcast. Uh, and it's, you know, kind of obscured. So so my understanding of fair use is that as long as we're talking about something critically and you can't, uh, you can't enjoy the entire product because of how it's presented, then it is fair use. I think this might be fair use and that I might be okay. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm just going to put it out there. And if, uh, if I ever get a cease and desist letter, I'll just, you know, yank this episode and the Star Wars commentary we did for the holiday special uh, with Doug back back a back a while ago i don't remember when but it was really good uh, i really liked that episode that t- the two episodes i cut it in half i'm not doing that this time i'm just giving you the whole entire commentary for the entire movie in one episode and we'll get to that in just a couple minutes if you've never seen predator before i highly recommend that you watch it before you listen to this episode we do spoil some things uh and then i also mention during the recording when i'm starting the movie so if you want to watch this with us at home and listen to the podcast while you're watching the movie uh that might be the ultimate way to experience this episode uh it was a it was a really interesting conversation that john and i had because i think we're both feeling the weight of the uh, the what's happening in our country right now with you know social unrest g- crazy shit happening right now in hollywood with uh, you know all of these sexual harassment claims coming forward and just uh, so much toxic masculinity doing so many bad things for the world it was a strange time to sit down and watch predator which is a film about a bunch of uh you know very masculine guys i mean it's a great a great film that i really love and john really loves as well but i think we both felt <laughs> we both felt a little bad enjoying something we talked about this after we finished recording it's 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 hard to enjoy something right now when it might be problematic in any way uh so we did our best to struggle through that and you know it is what it is the conversation was definitely tinted by that I've been very sensitive to this kind of thing recently. You know, I talk about feminism a lot on the show, uh, sexism, racism. I just feel like that our, our pop culture presentations of society uh, can do a lot of damage if they are not thoughtful and if they are not self-aware. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just on my mind a lot. And that definitely creeped its way into this discussion. But I will say that that did not stop us from really enjoying this movie. I have to say a couple of thank yous before we get started. Uh, Paula has been a new Patreon supporter for a couple of weeks, but she just doubled her support from 5 to $10, and I was really blown away by that and definitely wanted to say thank you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, and then Easton. Easton has been a huge part of my gaming community recently, and he just signed up as a $10 per month patron, and I hope he's listening to this right now. Easton, thank you so much for your support. I really, really appreciate it. Okay, my friends, let's cut over to Johnny Unicorn and myself watching Predator. It kills for pleasure. 
He was skinned alive. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, you can kill it. Are we starting? Let's start it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Wait. Three, two. Live from no, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't real. Um, but yeah, let's start. <laughs> See, I did the countdown, but I didn't say one, just like on real shows. I wasn't sure if you were just pausing. Yeah, I didn't do a good job. <laughs> I should have. I should have mouthed it or something. Johnny Unicorn, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it is going. It's been awesome. a while. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. So yeah. we uh, we sat down to watch Predator and couldn't stop chatting. And then decided that we were going to watch Predator uh, while chatting. Yeah. Yeah, we changed our plans. We were going to watch Predator and then chat, but now we're going to watch Predator and chat. <laughs> yeah, it'll be sort of a, a running commentary uh, with long blank spaces as we enjoy s- certain sections of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so this is one of your favorite movies, right? Uh, it has been traditionally one of my favorite movies since I was a child. <laughs> uh but I I don't know if it's like I don't know if it's actually good or not. Ooh. Yeah. How long has it been since you've seen it? Uh last time I saw it I think was 2012. Okay. So it's been long enough that you could have thought it was good but it wasn't good. Well, I liked it then. Yeah. <laughs> but I've I've seen this movie like a 100 times literally. Yeah. Uh, like uh this is one of the movies I would watch as a kid in slow motion. Like you'd, um, you'd you'd have like a VHS and slow it down. Yeah, watch the violent scenes. The uh, I was I was really interested in movie violence when I was a kid. From what perspective? Never liked real violence. Yeah, <laughs> but I liked the special effects of movie violence. Gotcha. I think I like read a book about special effects or something, and then ever, after that, I always slow motioned movies. So you must love like John Carpenter shit, like the thing. I didn't watch any of those movies. Oh, man. I, I watched... I don't know anything about John Carpenter. I watched a bunch of them for a podcast, and I'd never seen him before, and it was it was so cool. The Thing, in particular, had some amazing, like, gruesome horror, like, prosthetic creature things. It was really cool. Yeah. Well, but now I don't, I don't even want to see fake violence. The fake violence grosses me out. Really? When did that change happen? I don't know. We're, so we set up our microphones so we're both looking ahead of the TV and we're having this conversation <laughs> sideways. Like we're both looking at each other sideways, which is a very strange social cue. <laughs> no, no, it's kind of like we're having a conversation in the car. <laughs> totally. But we're looking straight ahead. Only you're on the right, so I'm it's just like, like England. I'm just like looking at you out of the corner of my eye trying to keep my mouth in the microphone. And I feel like I'm yeah. giving you a wry look constantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're just trying to keep this car from going off the road. Totally. And Story so of my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so wait, you uh, you used to like fake violence, and now you don't like fake violence. Uh, yes, I've, I've grown uh, extra sensitive to fake violence. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know why. Is it's, it like the state of the world being so violent? Yeah, maybe. It's like, oh, there's, there's enough violence in the world. The fake violence is just, uh, it, it's just hard to watch. Interesting. Uh, but Predator is very violent, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I and don't have hard a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem with cartoonish violence. Like, some, it's like Quentin Tarantino style where it's like obviously not real, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get bothered by things that are, that feel too real, I guess. I think Predator in the beginning feels a little bit like 
this American paramilitary organization is going into into the jungles of a foreign country and just killing everybody. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I've only seen this once, and it's been a while. First thing, that, yeah, that's the. I totally forgot about spoilers. That. Well, let's get into it. That's just yeah. the beginning. Let's get that's, into that's it and like see if premise. it's a good movie. Yeah, because that, that's the type of thing where if it's violence that, like, if it's glorifying that type of thing, it's going to really bother me, you know? Yeah. But if it's, like, cartoonish violence with a crazy monster, I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. At this movie, I thought the violence all looks pretty convincing. Hmm. Well, and it's creepy the nonchalance with which they dish it out. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Well, let's 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 watch and let's see how but we it, feel. But it's the it's the eighties, and that's what yeah. it, that is that's what movies were like in the eighties, <laughs> and uh, you know, for better or worse. Yeah. Well, let's fucking start it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Press the start. Yes. Do you think? Do you think in the 21st century, <laughs> 20th century Fox will have to change their name and branding? Uh, well, we we should know by now. Oh, that actually is pretty loud in the room. That is loud Maybe in the I room. Holy shit. Headphones. Well, hold on. I can turn it down. <laughs> I will happily turn that down. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I pulled the headphones off. I was like, shit, yeah. that's loud. Yeah. The headphones are like the seatbelt of the car. Of the car? <laughs> We're riding. We're riding with no seatbelt. All right, space. Uh, so it's a good-looking star field. Whoa! Oh my God, we were talking about before we started recording. We were talking about the music. It's Alan uh, Silvestri. Yeah, who is best known for what? Back to the Future. Oh yeah, of course. That explains the cascade of string arpeggios. I get so excited when I see a movie with Alan Silvestri composing because I know it's going to be fun. <laughs> like the back to the future music is some of the best music ever written. Yeah. I think that's, that's him, right? I think so. I yeah. think it's not one of the, I think it's not think Jerry it's not, Goldsmith, not John Williams. It's not John Williams. It's no. Jerry Goldsmith. He did the star Trek. Yeah. He wrote the original TNG? star Trek, I think. Um, well, he wrote the, I think he wrote the movie for the star Trek motion picture, which became the TNG theme. Yeah, okay. God, this music is so cool. Carl Weathers, we got a stew going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Um, there's two two governors, two act, two <laughs> muscle-bound men who became governors are in this movie. That is terrifying. This is that's a-, a weird. That's a weird thing. That's the thing that bothers me. That. That like being an actor qualifies you for public office. You should have to have an experience in politics. I I, th- I feel like the general feeling that people have about politics is that anybody can do it. Yeah, I think and that's so, wrong. Uh, I think well maybe and that that's it's, and that it's mainly about public image. That's something good that'll come out of the Trump administration is people will realize that you have to be qualified. Will they? I hope so. <laughs> Look at all this beefcake. Oh my gosh. This movie is just it's, chock full of super hot dudes. There's a there's like two guys on this team that I I don't think have any actual scenes. That just came out of the helicopter? I yeah, there's like a couple guys I don't recognize. Dude, Arnold looks badass in this movie. Yeah. You don't often see him with stubble. Yeah, I think that's a good look for him. Yeah, it looks great. 
I think, uh... This, uh, military general guy's got a real sassy walk. <laughs> he really sassed down those stairs. He's looking at these guys like they're crazy. I don't really remember the beginning too well. I remember the second half really well. Do, do you know what's happening? Do you, do you know what the deal is with this movie? Do you know what this team is getting is signing up for? I don't even... Well, they're signing up for like some secret mission where there's something like in the jungle that they have to go find and kill, right? Um, well, I mean, we're going to find out in a minute, but... I mean, is that a spoiler? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I just think that, you know, the, the, the details of their mission explain why all these generals are looking... Uh, oh, so beefcakey? No, like this guy. Oh, so sassy. Yeah, okay. he's he knows things. Ah, I, think, I see where you're you going. Know? You know what I mean? He's had a close encounter, and it's made him walk sassy. Oh man! Of course, when you download the the fucking uh, things are on. I can turn those off. No, no, we should leave them on because because uh, oh, we're talking. We're okay. talking, no, and while idea. we're talking. It might be difficult, but we can read the, uh, at least skim the subtitles. Yeah. That's a good idea. So this cabinet minister is stuck on, uh, in, uh, quote, unquote, gorilla hands. So What is a cabinet minister? A politician. Okay. So they're hiring this team because they're the, the best. And, um... Oh my god, his tie is so short. All of my comments are fashion related. Wow. That was a lot of muscle in one shot. This is a, no ta- a no table arm wrestle. Yeah, this is an interesting <laughs> way to greet each other. I feel yeah. like this is just an excuse for for Arnie to flex and show you exactly how big his Well, it is are. that, but also it's setting up these characters as as being rivals yet old friends. Yet yeah. something's up. I kind of like it. You know, like it kind of. I don't know. Like the, they got really good like on-screen chemistry, and I feel like they could have done anything in that moment that showed that they had any relationship, and it would have worked for me. You know. Yeah, this could be just this could be like just them going on a road trip. You know, yeah. that'd be a good. I would watch that movie. Yeah, but Carl Weathers is a really good actor. I think I'm going out. I'm making my my claim. I'm staking my claim to Carl Weathers as a good actor. Like he was on uh, this new show. Uh, what's it called? Shit. Um, what's that show on USA with Josh Holloway from Lost? I don't watch USA. Shit. It's a sci-fi show. Fuck. It's on Netflix. God damn it. Whoever's listening to this is screaming it at me right now. A sci-fi show that's on USA was yeah, on USA, well, like in the nineties. No, like now. Yeah, it just finished season two. They still have channels. Yeah, shit. Oh my god, Colony, Colony. It's called Colony. He was on Colony, <laughs> and he was really good. Like he kind of, I don't I, know. I enjoy his acting a lot. Yeah, he's really good at being like really natural and, you know, human. Yeah. Which is cool. Okay, I wasn't paying attention. What they're going on this mission to save? Okay, they're going to the, rescue the a cabinet. minister of the cabinetry. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> going to rescue a cabinet minister. Uh huh. And uh, whoa! And, Red lights on Arnie's face. He looks very scary. Sorry. Continue. And um, now I can't remember what happened. I th- I think uh, he's he was like, hey, we're not 
We're not assassins. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're a rescue team. We're gonna rescue the guy and get out of there. You know, of course, unless something unless something goes wrong and they have to kill everybody. Um, so so they now they're on. The minister has been stolen by rebels or something. Yeah, right? guerrilla well, hands. Are, are they in Vietnam? No, no. But we don't know the history of these guys. This is this is the eighties. This is like now. Okay, <laughs> or whatever you know. So the okay. This is just present day. Okay, for in the eighties. Gotcha. But maybe these guys probably were in Vietnam. They're like of okay. an age, right? Radio freaks. I think that's short for frequencies. I think it is. <laughs> I wonder, I'm wondering now if anyone ever says that because it makes me think of other things. Yeah, I'm a radio freak. I'm a radio freak. It sounds like a cool TV freak. 80s yeah. synthwave band. Yeah. I guess it's it would a be little Richard music. It's really good. Yeah. It gives, I think this Little Richard music gives this whole thing a really creepy vibe. Really? It's just, it's just too, um, oh gosh, these pussy jokes. (laughs) You know, the fact that the other guy is like really not into it. I'm really enjoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like this. I think it's. I, I think it's funny. Your jokes are sexist. Like even though it's, jo- <laughs> you know, that's like the response that you'd want to see from a sexist joke in a movie. So I'm totally okay with it. Like okay, if someone yeah. thought that was really funny, I'd yeah. be like, that's annoying. You know. You just said the f word. Yeah. Not the good one. But yeah, I mean, the movie's telling me that these guys are douchebags and I'm okay with it yeah but they're like <sighs> like if if they're douchebags and the movie doesn't know they're douchebags I'd have a problem with it you know what I mean but you feel like it does yeah I feel like it's purposefully presenting these guys as douchebags like it's it's make it's not making you like Jesse Ventura as a character like he's I, he's just like such an asshole I mean, I don't know, but in 1987, maybe they thought that was okay. But it makes me like Carl Weathers. <laughs> maybe we're supposed to like Jesse Ventura and not like Carl Weathers in 1987. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm with you. It's like... Uh... <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like in Ghostbusters where I'm rooting for uh, Walter Peck now. Because I think he's the only one doing anything good in the Ghostbusters movie. Which one is he? He's the EPA uh, agent who is trying to shut down the Ghostbusters operations because they're not following EPA regulations. In which movie? First movie. Oh, I don't remember that. I didn't know what the EPA was last the time whole, I saw the, Ghostbusters. So The whole Ghostbusters first movie is about them trying to skirt EPA regulations. Is it? And, oh, um, weird. And do business without any consequences. And they cause like, most of the problems that happen in the city. Wow. And they're, and, they're, and they're imprisoning ghosts with no trial. With no... Oh, no. You know, the whole thing is, is unsavory. But back wow. to Predator. Now I have to rewatch Ghostbusters. <laughs> I haven't seen that since I was probably a teenager or younger. I loved it as a kid. No, I must have been a teenager. I don't remember when I saw that last. So that's a weird thing. Going back to all these old movies, I feel like, oh, the good guys don't aren't good. Interesting. And 
Like, so I, you know, I have to. I want to. I want these guys to be good because they're um, they they're good at their jobs. Yeah, I mean, so far, <laughs> like, I feel like Arnold and, and Carl and they, Weathers are the only two that have kind of been presented as good guys. I mean, Ar- Arnold uh, Dutch, his character has has um, has made it very clear that he's not an assassin. He doesn't want to kill people. He's there. He's a rest. He will. Re- he's a rescuer. Yeah. So he's like he's he said I'm on this I'm not like that's why he's probably not in the military anymore. He's like a paramilitary guy. Cuz he wants to do military operations that are purely um uh altruistic and doesn't want to be involved with the government anymore. Is huh. what I assume. So I think okay. that sets him up as a quote unquote good guy. Yeah. No, I agree. And for me like it's also they're like the only two that were kind of presented outside of that other big group of guys like we meet those two first it just kind of feels like it's introducing your heroes before you meet the rest of the crowd you know what i mean yeah and the rest of the crowd just seems like red shirts to me so far well you remember how this movie ends i do yes (laughs) i do remember that much everybody dies except for main character yeah well let's let's spoil this movie we've both seen it before you know you shouldn't be watching this movie for the first time on a podcast commentary. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I figure spoil it. I don't care. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, we're spoiling it. I'll put a spoiler I, warning. I'm not going to go out of my way to talk about stuff that's happening. I yeah, just, I yeah. Just, I mean, it, it I think it does color okay. my it does color <laughs> my opinion of the movie, knowing that all of these characters are going to die. You know, like, uh, and I remember the only death that I really felt bad about was um, Carl Weathers and the the quiet guy i forget his name and this this music here this i don't even know what instrument that is but uh everything is so creepy yeah okay so they found a helicopter so they found they found a a a broken helicopter with some dead people in it yeah oh and it looks like a surveillance helicopter a surveillance bird yeah they're confused they think that something's off here because this this doesn't seem like a simple rescue mission have they been specific about where they are in the world no okay they have not Six U.S. Who, Army okay. men followed the guerrillas. Who is that actor? Is he a wrestler or something? I don't know. He doesn't Should seem we like look a. It up? <laughs> he doesn't seem like an actor. But I remember really liking him in this movie. Like sometimes, sometimes when these people that aren't actors are in movies, they can give like really enjoyable performances. Like, I feel yeah. like uh, Drax in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, like that, I mean, that guy had been in some movies. He was in Riddick, which I forgot to talk about when I talked about Riddick last. Oh, he was. Yeah. Uh, Dave Bautista, but he's, he's got like such a great natural screen presence and he's so funny as Drax. And now I think of him as an actor cause I've seen him in like two or three things and he's been really good. Do you remember Afghanistan? This is so. This is reminding this guy of uh, some job they pulled in Afghanistan, where something went awry. 
So they, what? Okay. Something's, they think something's up. So what is the relationship between this team and the government? They're a, they're just a they're a non-military organization. They're like they're like Blackwater. What's Blackwater besides the Battle of the Blackwater on Game of Thrones? <laughs> That's the paramilitary organization. They're like they do military things, but they're not associ- associated with the military. I think that's what. So it, the military is like contracting these guys for the jobs yeah, that the military contractors. itself can't handle. Yeah, they're like the. So they could be mercenaries, or they could be rescue people, and these people are rescue. They're, they're just dudes who can get a job done so well. Yeah. that the military lets them do their thing. Because some damn fool told me you were the best. That's what <laughs> Carl Weathers said. But most of them are probably ex-military. Uh. Like, yeah, oh yeah, they yeah. Talked about Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. No, they were totally. They they probably served together or something. They're probably like old army buddies. Whoa! This guy has just just found a bunch of skinned alive bodies. Three flayed bodies. Yeah. And uh, this is not what they were expecting to run into. Yeah. This guy is uh, crossing himself. It's remember, gruesome. It's very gruesome. It's like, I buy, I buy that it's real. Who directed? Who directed this? Um, who directed this? Who well, the heck pull, directed this? Let's pull up this? our facts on this movie. <laughs> I remember reading about this a while back. That like the the men were cast based off of just like being really hunky. Well. <laughs> And like he, he wasn't really concerned with whether or not they could act, just whether or not they looked good on screen. What I yeah, I feel like all these guys act pretty well though. Yeah, I mean a lot. Like Carl Weathers is really good. Act. I I don't know. I really like this cast a lot. Let me see if I can find that quote. They shouldn't have been here. Somebody sent them. Something's going on. They're sending U.S. military into here. And, um, why did the gorillas skin them? They think, they think the gorillas skin them. I actually really like the idea that there's these like crazy military dudes out in the woods tracking what they don't realize is an alien. I think that's really kind of awesome. Yeah. And like the only, the only hint that the movie has given you so far that that's happening is that it opened on a spaceship and yeah. it's like so easy to forget that at this point in the movie that we have already had it confirmed to us that there is an alien in these woods you know yeah okay predator 1987 film directed by joe mctiernan huh there's a name central of- america's northern triangle i don't know why i thought this was vietnam Central America's Northern Triangle? What is that? I have no idea. I'm horrible with geography. The film's budget was around 15 million. 15 million? Yeah. Released in June 12, 1987 where it grossed 59 million. Well, yeah, that's that that's um that makes sense cuz uh they don't have to do a lot. Oh, this Look is the first this. time we get the Predator Vision, <laughs> which is like it's heat vision, super basically. lame, but it's really kind of great. Like it's pretty effective for what they're trying to convey. Um, like it, you can imagine if they did it now, it'd be some crazy CG thing. And I actually kind of like the way they did it. You know, just like a little, 
Like, he sees in a different spectrum than we do, and that's it. Yeah, but I, I keep imagining this predator walking around going, God, I can't see a thing. Everyone's all blurry. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. But Let's but I, I think the intent is that we're supposed to think that, this, that he's got superior vision. <laughs> oh, man. So, after the release of Rocky Four, a joke was making the rounds in Hollywood. Since Rocky Balboa had run out of earthly opponents, he would have to fight an alien if a fifth installment of his boxing series were to be made. And then the screenwriters, um, Jim and John Thomas, took the inspiration from that joke and wrote a screenplay based on it. <laughs> Wait, based on what? Off of the joke that uh, if Rocky were to be in a fifth movie, he'd have to have have to fight an alien because he'd fought all the humans already. That's what this movie was based on? Yeah. That's the conversation that... That's weird. That's so weird. Yeah, that was the inspiration for this movie. That's hilarious. Huh. Well, there was a Rocky Five. You're ghosting us, motherfucker. All right, so they, they've introduced Carl Weathers as a tie-wearing guy, and then um, which is like a sign of that you're 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 losing your edge or something in the military or something. Oh. And then this guy's like telling him he's ghosting him, meaning that he's giving away their location by not being as quiet as they are because they're really good at walking through leaves without making any noise. And so that sets Carl Weathers' character up as not being as good at military stuff as these guys. And that's why yeah, everyone, everyone hates him because he's like, he's like a novice at it or something compared oh, to them. The rest of the team hate him? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because they're like the best. And he's like, he's only like slightly less than the best. So there's resentment. And plus he's from the government and they don't trust the government, I think. They don't say that, but I think that's why they're not working for uh, with the government. So this is not what I remember, but this article does say, to play the elite band of soldiers, both Silver and Gordon... Uh, with co-producer John Davis, I don't know who any of them are, search for other larger-than-life men of action. <laughs> <laughs> and larger-than-other men, men yeah. of action. Uh, oh, so Miles, they, Miles they, is resting his head on my Oh, he's leg. so cute. At this point, they probably think these are the people that they've been stalking, right? Yeah, so here's the gorilla camp, uh, and they've got a hostage. Ooh. Oh, and they just killed, killed him. Killed the hostage. Yeah, so, I mean, those are obviously bad dudes, which is a really, really good misdirection. So, I, I think... Was that the guy that they were supposed to save? I think that's what we're supposed to think, is that Dutch now knows that they've just killed the cabinet minister, and so now... Killed one of the hostages. Okay. okay. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the guy. So, if I'm remembering correctly, the guy they're looking for was just, like, attacked and killed by the, the predator, right? No, some the people that they found killed by the predator or killed by somebody were um, were some other team that wasn't supposed to be in the area. A, mil- a U.S. military team. That's why they had a surveillance chopper. What What about the cabinet minister? And so they're confused as to why there was other military people out there. Right. Was the cabinet minister actually no, abducted I, by gorillas? Uh, we don't know. Something Something's off about this whole thing. <laughs> we think. We think there's more hostages, right? Because he shot yeah. one. Of, he shot one of the hostages. We assume that this guy was, had more people with him. My overwhelming memory of this movie is that uh, is just. Did he Arnold think that if he sniffed that something would happen? I don't know. 
Maybe that was a sniff of relief. Oh, the music is so good. Wow, John Jean Claude Van Damme was originally cast as the predator creature. Uh, but when compared to Schwarzenegger, Weathers, and Ventura, actors known for their bodybuilding regimens, it became apparent a more physically imposing man was needed to make the creature appear threatening. <laughs> wow, and Van Damme constantly complained about the monster suit being too hot, causing him to pass out. Oh. He was also upset that he wouldn't appear without the suit on screen. Wow, so he was hired for it. He was removed from the film and replaced by Kevin Peter, Kevin Peter Hall. Wow. That's so interesting. I can't imagine the Predator being played by a known actor. It's like the fact that... Yeah, you want faces. If you want you want a famous person's face. like Yeah, like the fact that the Predator is just a creature. Wait, was, was Jean-Claude Van Damme even that famous in 1987? I think so. Wasn't I mean, more I of a late '80s. I have never seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh, you haven't seen Time Cop? No. Oh my God! If you want to see a movie that'll make your head spin about time travel, <laughs> oh, dude, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dutch, right? That's his name. Yeah, Dutch just like picked up and threw a car. <laughs> yeah, that was for the kids. I think that's like the kids are going. I wonder if Arnold Schwarzenegger could pick up a car. And they're like, that's what they're wondering. Let's uh, have him pick up a car. Most of the cast and crew suffered from traveler's diarrhea since the Mexican hotel in which they were living was having problems with the water purification. All right, they're just blowing up everything. Yeah. Everything is getting blown up. Yeah. They just went to this bad guy's camp and just started exploding it. I mean, I, I guess the intention is they're going in to get the ho- whatever hostages are left, but yeah. I feel like they're being so reckless with their explosions. Yeah. Like, how would they know if there were women or children anywhere? I feel like maybe they uh, said set up at some point that they know that there's a hostage camp or something, and they know what they're blowing up. But I don't know. Yeah, there's a guy on fire. This is all just uh, man. Now that I say that out loud, I actually <laughs> really hate the the whole term of women and children. Like, they should just say, like, non-combatants or something. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did they say that in this movie? No, just like the, the saying, you know? Yeah. I just said it out loud and realized I don't like it. <laughs> like, well, I guess in it- the Battle of Helm's Deep, like, there was, <laughs> I'm sure there was younger, there was younger people, there was, like, children fighting, you know? Yeah. And there was women fighting. So... It should just be like the people that aren't fighting. The people that aren't fighting should not be blown up because of the people who are fighting is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All these guys are getting blown up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this just seems like they wanted to have an over-the-top action moment. I mean, in... This is what you're... Like, when you go to an, uh, an 80s action film... This is what you want to see. You want to see yeah. everyone get shot. It is and super that's, annoying that's the, that like the American dudes run in here and just like kill everyone. I don't know, but I mean like what are you supposed to do in this situation? <laughs> you know? I don't know. Something a little more inconspicuous. Yeah. 
This just seems so unrealistic to me that it does not trigger my offended button. You know what I mean? Because it just seems so, like, gratuitously ridiculous. Well, sure, yeah. In in a fun way. I mean, yeah, I guess. As fun as it can be to, you know. Like, it wouldn't even make sense, probably, to do what they're doing, right? You know, just go into a place and start blowing everything up. Oh. Ooh. Stick around. Ugh. That's my favorite line. Because <laughs> he stuck him to a wall with a knife. And that's how I learned that it was okay to... <laughs> uh, to... to um, be into violence. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, like, watching this, because... It's interesting that for some reason when there's, like, dudes in military gear going to a village and killing people, it triggers the part of my brain that thinks, like, is this okay or not? But if it was... I was just thinking, like, if this was just dudes running into a... Like a cantina in Mos Espa and blasting lightsabers and... Or blasting blasters and swinging lightsabers, I wouldn't question that, you know, as much. I would, like, if if they were presented as bad guys like this, you know... It's like this camp is full of bad guys, and then they came in with like lasers and shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't question what they were doing as much. And they're all dressed up as like devils and things like that. Yeah, totally. And the, like the people they're attacking were, you know, a droid army. <laughs> okay, what just happened? <laughs> I don't know. Get the men ready to move. He, he, he I feel like a, he found the first female that we've seen so far, and he knocked her out. He's dug in like an Alabama tick. I ain't got time to bleed. That's a good line. Yeah. You got time to duck? You got time to duck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is like a whole movie full of the type of dudes that I was afraid of See, in elementary school. He didn't find the... Uh, I, don't, I don't think he found the... Yeah, see, Carl Weathers is is uh finding things that uh oh it's a setup what was it drugs this nah i don't know they were gonna invade this guerrilla army was going to invade someone and they just stopped oh, the invasion. Oh, this stuff was like the weapons. Yeah. Okay. Ah, they got dropped in a meat grinder. I just heard that term on that history show, so now I know what a meat grinder is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing people, uh, military people say about um, situations where... It's very likely that you're going to get killed. So Carl Weathers is like, he's like, <laughs> okay. So he he sent another team in earlier, a regular military team, and they got all skinned alive. So then they yeah. got these guys, and but then didn't tell them that they were uh, going to get skinned yeah. alive. But as far as like being good and bad guys, like who do you think's on the right side here? Because Carl Weathers is like lying to these guys and putting them in harm's way, but he's trying to stop a guerrilla invasion and it's very important so who's right and who's wrong I don't trust that the American government uh, can make the decision of uh, whether the guerrillas are the good guys or the people they're invading or whether it's some sort of weird 
You think this should be like more a prime, complicated affair. prime directive hands-off situation? I mean, I don't know if I have the knowledge to be able to say that or not. Yeah. I, I feel like... I mean, yeah, I think... I, I get the sense that America has... Uh, has its uh, hands all over uh, everything. Yeah, I learned a little bit about. And so, and so when they're like trying recently. to stop a guerrilla invasion, I always think, well, it's probably they're probably just picking a side based on some other factor. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened in Central America that I never even heard about in like history books and stuff, but it was pretty well documented of you know the U.S. meddling in politics. Yeah. Uh, and like planting propaganda and shit, yeah. and, and like helping out some sides with weapons and not other sides, and things that that's, that seem to like benefit the U.S. in some way, but didn't necessarily benefit the people that they said they were helping in Central yeah. America. And th- that's the side that Dylan's on, and and yeah, I guess that's true. The Dutch's team has been set up as the as a group who has who has seen all the bullshit that the U.S. military does and has opted out of it, but they yeah. have a special skill set, so they're using it anyway but only for go- what they deem to be good. <gasps> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, shit. Okay, so one of the I'm helping commando you dudes <laughs> told Dylan to turn around and then like stabbed him in the back of the neck, but he was actually just killing uh, a scorpion. Yes. And I think they, yeah, they definitely actually killed a scorpion. And scorpion rights. Scorpion rights. Yeah, this movie, and then there was another movie, um, what was it, Natural Born Killers that I saw where they... One of the first shot is uh, them running over a scorpion. Huh. That's like watching it just pissed off. That's like a that's an interesting question of whether or not humans have the right to kill anything, including a scorpion, for the making of a piece of like entertainment. Well, and that's that's if, something nice about CG is that you no longer have to kill scorpions. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. Anytime you see an explosion, I mean, how many animals? <laughs> Yeah, are killed in one of those explosions. Yeah, like how many? If they're blowing up a tree. Yeah, tree rights. I mean, there's I pro- probably like you know trillions of organisms that are on that tree. Yeah, but I I have to say that like movies like this are such a piece of culture and commun- so much community is built around them that I think there's actually like so much value in having something like this that like making some compromises to get it made is actually worth doing. You know, like I'm, I'm like a super environmentalist and movies are incredibly, incredibly not environmentally friendly to make. You know what I mean? Uh, especially something like, when I, they're going I, to, I do think nowadays they take steps to, uh, to try to reduce the impact. Totally. And I think that we should take all the steps to reduce the impact and make it as good as possible. But I don't think we should just not make them because, you know, because they, have that impact yeah that's a that's a good argument for cg less impact yeah like but that's like a tough one because you know like a real well like watching uh the terminator 3 rise of the machines yeah when they had that crazy car chase where like like destroying so many cars and it was so cool they they don't do that shit anymore. They do it with CG, and it's just not as interesting. But like destroying that many cars is an incredible waste of resources, you know. Yeah, and at at some point you have to decide not to make a certain kind of art uh, be, because it wastes too many resources. Like yeah, like there are certain art forms that would be really cool, but we don't do because it'd be it's a terrible idea. 
Like, yeah. For instance, what if I took, um, what if I wanted to make like a life size sculpture of a scene and then make many thousands of them and then like stop motion animation it? Oh, wow. But it would require a frame. It would require like, <laughs> like a football field, like a whole state's worth of their economy or something in order yeah. to, in order to do it. Nobody would do yeah. anything like that, even though that'd be really awesome to look at. Yeah, it would be really. That's a good. That's a damaging, good point. I think know? like I also think that having physical limitations creates better art, and I think that if someone had the ability to do whatever the fuck they wanted, uh, it would spiral out of control and be not as interesting. Yeah, and I think that's what happens with CG movies, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, I think that like now that we know what an impact we're having on the environment, it's like more important than it used to be to like take environmental steps. Um, or at least like the, it seems like it's more important than it used to be, even though it was always important. You know what I'm saying? Jesse Ventura here is carrying around a Gatling gun. Gatling? I don't know. It's going to gattle pretty soon. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but long story short, I I don't begrudge the filmmaker for killing a scorpion in 1987, but I think I would today. I'd be like, there's no reason to do that. You know, you can just animate one and not have to bother with a real one. Yeah. But that scorpion died so that we could all be entertained. I don't know. Maybe it was fake. All right, they've just been looking around in the woods for a while. Now they're, I guess they're stuck out here. Is that what's happening? Yeah, apparently the jungle's really thick. Makes Cambodia look like Kansas, is is what Jesse Ventura (laughs) says. I feel like he must be exaggerating. I think so. (laughs) I would assume so. It's probably California. What is sandbagging it? Sandbagging it means just being dead weight. Oh. She does not appreciate being rescued. And But that makes me think that maybe they didn't rescue her. Maybe she was one of them. They just didn't... No, I think she was a gorilla, I think. Yeah. And they just didn't kill her because she's a woman. Yeah. And also he's like calling her sweetheart and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, this this movie has issues. <laughs> and I don't mean the corn album. Yeah. It's a, I I get so much more upset by things that don't seem to know or that, that seem to be uh glorifying things that I disagree with. Whereas this movie is just kind of showing things and not really glorifying Yeah, but anything. I'm I'm not sure though cuz in the in the in the in the uh, <laughs> so I'm getting distracted by the movie. Yeah, it's totally happening. <laughs> in the 80s, I feel like oh, well, he just gave a signal. Yeah, everyone knew what that meant. I feel like Carl Weathers is going. I wish he had gone over the signals with me. So I was totally wrong. I guess Carl Weathers is kind of the bad guy. Yeah, he double crossed him. He said, yeah. "No, he said he set him up." Didn't double cross me. I was I was uh, fooled by his charm. 
Yeah, well. But I, I think maybe he thinks he's doing a good thing. You know? And they thought yeah. they were doing a good thing by murdering all those people. And uh, I think they just... Yeah, I mean, it does like... They're just like trying to do jobs. <laughs> it does raise the problem of like everyone who's not, you know, American is like disposable people. Yeah, and in the 80s, that was like every action movie was like that. So yeah. this is just like another... But it is add a Add another cast. one onto the pile. It is like a... a I think a really well casted movie. I think it's beautifully shot too. I mean, there's yeah. like this shot with him walking with a gun. It's like that could have been done way worse. <laughs> yeah, there's something like really uh, like, like I like present like, about this movie. Like you really, f- it like takes you where it's going. Yeah. Ooh. Billy's the first one to know that there's that that he can see the predator. You know, when the predator views with this vision, I think it only happens when he's invisible. And I wonder if it's because he's not actually invisible. He's like he's like phase shifted into like a, a slightly different reality. You know mm. what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. So he's like looking at us through a different reality, and that's why it's blurry. Yeah. That's um, my theory yeah, right now. I always imagine that he had some sort of like natural. Because uh, they might show his vision when he's not invisible, though. So I don't know. I, I always felt like he had some sort of natural, like camouflage. No, he presses a button and he becomes invisible. Oh, does he? Okay, yeah, he's got a button on his arm. God, I don't remember most of this, apparently. <laughs> no, it's like a really, it's a cool effect where it's like distorts the background a little bit. Oh, so he's using technology to disappear. Yeah. Okay. And, I totally forgot and that. And Billy, Billy sensed that distortion probably. So he knows that something's out there, but he can't, he can't get his, quite put his finger on it. He does a whistle, points his fingers. It's a very, the, uh, yeah, very the, 80s movie military thing to do. The girl just broke away and is running. She's like the only woman in the whole movie, right? Yes. So the first Predator movie I saw was the newest one with Adrian Brody, and I saw it in the theaters. Uh, I'd never really been interested in the franchise, but I was with some people that were going to see that, and I really liked it. And hmm. then I came back and watched this one also, and really enjoyed it as well. The, like this, com- compared to other movies, like this one has a sense of terror. It's like a horror movie. You're 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 terrified, like for the whole first half of the movie you're terrified for the whole movie because you don't know what's going on oh whoa this is like freddy krueger you know yeah it's like it's it's, it feels supernatural so it's been i mean how far are we into the movie like 20 30 minutes yeah in the 80s they did not show you the monster for a while yeah, and that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think you see like a flash of him before, but I think you're not until like the last third of the movie or something. Yeah, I think it, see there's this interesting feeling in this movie of how they were fighting this political battle, but then it becomes this battle for survival against something that's like literally from another world. Yeah. And all that political shit just kind of 
doesn't matter because they just have to survive, you know? Yeah. Which I really like. And I, I wish they could have, I feel like, well, not that I wish they could have. I think that they could have gone further with that. Like if, uh, that's gross. Well, I don't know if they, I don't know if they need to. I mean, maybe, well, maybe. Like, imagine like they they were like taking back a whole group of those gorillas, and then they had to like work together to defeat the predator later or something. That could be kind of cool. Yeah. But maybe the whole point of this like narrow slice of their adventure is is that they're trying to be good guys in in spite of governments that are trying to interfere with people. And yeah. um, for exactly the same reason that they people all need to get together and and help each other out because some a deadly alien hunter might come to Earth, hmm. and it would be better if we could all help each other out. So this is like, so who's the best person to deal with that situation? But uh, these people who have this sort of ethical uh, standpoint, at least Dutch does. I don't know yeah. about the other guys. I think Dutch does. Yeah, that. I totally agree with you, and I do see that in the movie. I, I just, yeah, I do wish that that was present on the whole team, you know? Like, most of these guys, you just get the impression that they just like to, like, fucking kill things, and they're excited to be there for those reasons. Yeah. Sappers? Yeah, there's like a there's like an evolutionary need to glorify warriors. Do you know what I mean? Like a like a warrior in a hunter gatherer society would have to like fight animals so you could get food, and there was like glory in that. But I feel like we're totally past the point where you know we need to. I feel like we're at the point where we need to instead of glorifying that type of thing, we need to like treat it with care and respect you know because it still is important but in a very different way Uh, yeah like i was thinking about this the other day like how come you have to go through like classes for weeks and take a test to get a driver's license but you don't have to do that to buy a gun like you should have to go through gun school and it should be like hey man we're we're attending gun school right now watching this movie (laughs) this is totally this is a this is a crash course yeah in in guns that he's got that he's got that giant gun that I I don't think I don't think people can just carry like that. <laughs> I don't know though. <laughs> There's a snake, and he's like, ah, good grief! All this, and now a snake. <laughs> She's gonna walk away from it. I don't. Man, my mom is like really hates snakes. Some people hate snakes. I, th- I think snakes would like to keep it that way it's interesting how snakes are like such a polarizing creature (laughs) you know well they're so beautiful and so frightening at the same time it's it's like uh seeing something with no legs yeah that's squirming around on the ground looks like the tree is bleeding whoa what is this but it must just a vine yeah oh god this music right here oh So that's, that's a native person, right? What? Who was that? Oh, I don't know who that was. I don't think I, that's a character. I think that was we their know. guy, one of their guys that just got taken. Was it? Yeah. 
I did not recognize that. Don't person you remember? At all. Remember that jokester guy who kept saying the the dirty jokes, and he's the first that got taken because he's the most annoying. Oh, was that him? Second it's most annoying. All the blood. <laughs> now it's just like we're watching Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just going to be one Ooh. gruesome murder after another. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. You see that? Like, his heart just came out of his chest. Yeah, he just got lasered by yeah. a, a laser. It's like, I'm much more interested when there's lasers than when there's just guns. Yeah. That makes sense, because then it's like, oh, okay, this isn't this isn't something I have to that has to keep me up at night. This is a sci-fi thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool that they, like... They made a real effort, I think, to make a like a, a real sort of like war type movie, you know, not yeah. just a sci-fi movie, but they tried to make it feel like a, oh my like God. apocalypse now plus aliens. Yeah. <laughs> see, see how now much they're just mad at the trees. They're just like shooting down all yeah. of the trees. That's how much they trust their 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 brothers. Is if one of them starts shooting aimlessly at at the woods, then you, they all do. You, you join in, yeah. Hey, just oh because my your God. friend's shooting aimlessly in the woods doesn't mean you have to. If this, your friend was shooting aimlessly in the woods, would you do it too? This is so hard to watch. Like, why would you throw a bomb in a forest? <sighs> yeah, this does make me uh, feel for how the Lorax I, would react. The Lorax yeah, would be weeping. I'm for like, all these oh trees. my God, they're just murdering those trees. Yeah, but. Those trees are not as important as his dear friend. Yeah. It's an interesting reaction from these like hardened dudes. Oh yeah, he's so emotional about it too. He's like, I saw one thing that scared the shit out of me and I'm gonna kill this forest. <laughs> yeah, again, that's that's like that's realistic, I think. People are like that with the guns. Yeah. That's why there should be gun school. He was like he was like crying while he was shooting which is like pretty it's cool <laughs> Diablo yeah I mean the the acting's pretty great in this movie oh my god oh my god you can yeah. see right Ugh. through his whole torso that's gross No powder burns, no shrapnel. Wounds cauterized. What the hell could have done this to a man? <laughs> oh man, that guy is frightened. Yeah, it's interesting. Like just seeing that weird shadowy, invisible dude has really freaked this guy out. It would freak me out. I feel like if I saw, I mean, he well, saw, he saw it shoot his that, like that's his best friend. I think they, they explain oh, okay. that a little bit later. He just saw it shoot his heart out, and I guess even if you're a hardened military guy, you don't expect like I, I guess aliens, I'm just saying you know? he's reacting how I would react, and I <laughs> I feel like for someone who's seen shit like they've seen, like maybe you'd react worse. <laughs> I probably maybe I don't know. Would you Probably. pick up a Gatling gun and shoot the forest? 
Oh, oh. what's this glowing green stuff? Radioactive she blood. Vamanos. Let's go. So she touched the... What, is that his blood? That's his blood, yeah. She touched some predator blood and rubbed it on her pants. Yeah, that's important. That's important information for them to know that there's blood. Man. Because we'll, we'll find that out later. <laughs> I'm surprised at how much of this movie I forgot. Me, only saw, me I too. I, saw it like, I, st- I still feel like I don't understand what happened with, with that rescue mission. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we were barely paying attention, so we did a bad job of figuring that out just but now. Seriously, but seriously, I've seen I, this movie a hundred times. I'm very confused by it. I, 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 I think I don't pay attention in life as much as I should. Yeah. Like, if there's not aliens, it's hard for me to pay attention. Like, once the alien's there, I'm, like, super invested. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as wild about movies that just present reality, you know? Like, I need some some element of non-reality to really tune in and be No, that, that makes sense, because if a movie's about some, like, issue that's, like, a real thing that can happen, then it's, like, then it's pretty uh, overwhelming. Like, I don't, when a, when a horror movie is about, a, like, a non-supernatural thing, then it's like, well, that's just reality. That's just yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with an you. alien and, or some supernatural thing. Yeah, and on top of that, like, just from a story perspective, when it's just like our reality, like it can be super. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there are movies like that that I enjoy, but in general, it's harder to to examine. You know, I, it's harder to examine our own society in a way that will translate globally by talking about real things, if that makes sense. Like, I star, don't like know star if it Wars, does, but I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> Keep <laughs> like going. Star Wars translates globally. You know, the story of good and evil in Star Wars, people love all over the world. Um, and there's like, you know, heroes that everyone can kind of get this behind. Is, this is like a scene where you're supposed to cry. This is like uh, he's laying his friend to rest. Yeah. Goodbye, bro. Good at, least at least he didn't take him. Why didn't he take him? That's what I wonder. He's taking everyone else. <sighs> they just showed a, uh, quite a bit of side boob of the one female character for... Oh, I for didn't notice. almost no reason. <laughs> this is a cool effect, though. I love this effect so much. Oh, here we go. He turns it off. Look at that. Yeah, like, this is amazing. I mean... I guess. How do they uh, do that? So How do you cool. think they did that? Oh my god! So yeah, now we're just seeing like close-up shots of the yeah, and healing. all I can think of is how the hell does he get anything done with these with these rubbery fingers? Yeah, he's like <laughs> healing his wound with this crazy futuristic yeah stuff. So this tells us that this is like a highly advanced creature. Yeah, but it also tells us that this is a creature who is um, has weaknesses. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, like this is an intelligent life form. It's not just a yeah. creature in the woods. Blazer one. Oh, so they can't get extracted because they're the area is quote unquote compromised. So Roger Blazer one, ten thirty hours. So they have to wait to get rescued. Compromised by what do you think? Where are they? I, well, I don't know. 
by the gorillas or by the do you think the government knows about the predator i think the government knows about the predator but i don't know if we know that though i no i don't think they do because they sent that they sent that rescue team in and they just got skinned alive the impression that i left this movie with the first time was that the government was trying to kill this thing and kept sending like kept tricking people into going in and this was like the elite group that they tricked into going in to try to kill the predator. Oh, like the the mission wasn't wasn't about stopping this invasion at all. It was about getting the predator. Yeah. Like well, I maybe, don't know. I always thought that Carl Weathers maybe was being tricked by people who knew about the predator into I, tricking these guys into going after the predator. But I don't remember that's why possible, I thought but that. But that kind of <laughs> that kind of feels like multiplying uh, entities beyond necessity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, a violation of Occam's razor. <laughs> like that doesn't need to be the case in order for this story to be interesting but yeah it is the 80s and it's about the government so i i would just assume that the government's up to no good because that's how all these movies are yeah and there's something about like the simplicity of this movie where the information that they don't give you is not really necessary to whether or not you enjoy it and then like future viewings you can kind of try to fill in the blanks yeah the jungle came alive and took him. Billy, you know something. What is it? Billy's scared. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for You ain't afraid of no man. And he says it ain't no man. Oh. Jeez. These guys have such good lines. It ain't no man. I ain't got time to bleed. We're all going to die. He is pretty much correct. Um, yeah. He's not losing his cool. This movie is interesting. Like, I mean, all, these characters are all so, like, stereotypical. But because, like, all of them are stereotypical, it, it bothers me less. You know what I mean? Huh. <laughs> like, like, Arnold what? Schwarzenegger is also stereotypical in this movie. He's just, like, the... Typical Austrian body, bodybuilder stereotype. The, the typical Austrian yeah. <laughs> bodybuilder military commando type. Yeah, exactly. I I do think that they 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 do some uh stere- a lot of stereotypes in this movie and it's yeah. Um but the acting is really good and so I don't know what to think. Like have you seen a uh, Sausage Party? <laughs> no. <laughs> I loved that movie and they scared too. Oh, it's so good. It and they like really play with stereotypes in a way that I really enjoyed. Huh. Um because I think like one way to deal with stereotypes is to like move past them. I think the healthiest way is to just not show them. But sometimes it's like if if you show them knowingly and like show different stereotypes against each other, you can also kind of show why they're ridiculous. You know what yeah. I mean? All right, now we're being attacked. Yeah, and we it hear the like sound. It's being attacked by like something hairy. Well, it's it's going. It's just like a pig or something. Oh, look at that shot! Wow, That's a classic horror shot. Yeah, stab and the knife goes back and blood flies backwards. How did they get that much blood to stick to the knife? That's a lot of blood. I don't know. I killed you, you fuck. <laughs> this is also good misdirection. Man, why are they making fun of this guy? He just 
Do they not know what's going on? Scary stuff's happening. Do you think that? Do you think that any of them now think that? Whoa, Billy ain't afraid of no man, and he's scared of this guy. Do you think that the implication here is that? Well, I can't remember what happens next, but do some of the guys believe that maybe that pig was what has been stalking them? Uh, like this giant mad pig. <laughs> I don't know if anyone believes that. Oh. It came in through the trip wires and took uh, took Blaine's body. Jesse Ventura is Blaine. If you're not yeah, watching so they, the movie they, along they, with then this. They must, they must know that they're still being stalked by something. All right, who's, who's been killed? The Joker guy. I don't know his name. Blaine. Jesse Ventura, he got killed. That's all. And uh, like 100 people in the beginning. <laughs> He's, they've determined that he's killing us one at a time, yeah. like a hunter. This is something I really like about that's this That's what movie, Billy said, right? Is like, man, you know, the whole idea that like making these stereotypical like butch guys and then having it switch where they become the prey, I think is really interesting. And that, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is why, why it doesn't bother me as much that it's so, that like it's so problematically written. But it seems intentional to me. It seems like they're trying to make a statement by making like the biggest douchebags in the world. I, f- I feel like they weren't. <laughs> you don't think so? I mean, they might have been, but I, I just feel like the climate at the time was like this was just like how everything was. Yeah. So it was like this isn't very different from anything. But I, th- I think something about it stands above it all in my mind. Yeah. I mean, something about the fact that like these you know super masculine dudes all but one of them are killed by this outside thing that they don't know how to handle i don't know it it like feels like it's not it feels like it's being like an 80s movie without glorifying the thing from the 80s that was so toxic in all of these like super masculine portrayals it's doing something different yeah Because yeah, I I like actively avoided movies from the eighties that that were like this, you know. Like I didn't see this till I was older. No one says chopper like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You could speak English this whole time. All right. She mentioned the blood. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That's um. That's not how everyone should be going around thinking, but in a situation like this, I think that's what you. Uh, that's a good first thing to think of. Yeah, I'm so surprised that nobody thought that it was the boar the whole time. Because like these types of dudes usually don't believe believe anything supernatural. You know what I mean? In these types of movies, they're usually like, "No, yeah. you're crazy. You didn't see anything." And like it seems like these guys. Well, they trust each other. They've, yeah, they've they've shown that that they that they really they'll they trust each other a lot with that shooting scene where they just blindly shoot into the into the woods yeah because their friend is and uh some other thing there's a lot of trust yeah of their of their comrades and they're even trusting this guy who seems like something might be up but they're like okay we're just gonna trust you and then he turned on him because trust is the only way you can get through this this uh, wacky life that we're living. Yeah. 
So now they're setting up traps. Now we've got everyone Look shirtless and oh my pulling God. trees. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I mean, Timber. some softcore <laughs> sci-fi we got going here. Look at that knot. That's like a monkey fist knot. I love this music, too. This is... That's perfect. Um, see, it's kind of like a montage, but it's like kind of short. Yeah. And it doesn't of feel like... like it, setting it a trap for the Predator. It doesn't feel like an 80s montage. Yeah. What if it just went into a pop song at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> and now he's shaving. Why is he shaving? Oh, yeah, and the only pop music they play in this is from the 50s. So that's like... Why the fuck is he shaving it right now? It makes it time... Because he's... He, that's the type of guy he is that's you notice how clean shaven he was <laughs> no stubble on that guy it's because he shaves twice a day i'm still mad at carl weathers for betraying my trust i'm so distracted by the shaving oh they they know the filmmakers know they're like oh he's just shaving so he can cut himself because he's afraid oh my god who hasn't done that, though? I've done that. That was really strange. <laughs> Although I did know a guy once in college who carried a razor around with him and would, like, dry shave. To impress people? No. He just really valued a clean shave. Yeah, well, yeah, if you're, I mean, if you're, um... If if you're shaving before a stubble comes in, you can do a dry shave, I think. I can't. Yeah, I guess it depends on how thick your your stuff grows in. Yeah. I shave like once a week. <laughs> I've I've started just trimming down to almost nothing instead of shaving. I honestly I got very thick facial hair. I honestly I would go if somebody said uh you could have a we zap you with some laser and you never grow hair again ever anywhere i would be fine with that no hair anywhere yeah interesting if i didn't have to ever deal with hair again i think i'd be fine oh man i love dealing with hair it's super fun <laughs> i i do like the head hair but if if like the only way to do it was to get rid of all hair i would t- i'd take that option interesting but if there was something where i could like make it so face hair would never grow in i'd i'd do that yeah i mean i I think that exists. But I hate, I don't like shaving, so I don't want to be like this guy of... I mean, you could get like <laughs> electrolysis is what it's called, right? I, I've heard of that, but what yeah. is that? Isn't that one hair at a time? Yeah, I think they kill forever. your hair pores one at a time so it can never grow back. Can't they just like retype like in my that. DNA? Maybe. Maybe that'll come. I made a big mistake in that I um, <laughs> did not go to the bathroom before we started taping. Oh, no. Can I just go? Can you can you entertain the audience for a minute? Sure. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to cut because we want it to. I mean, we got the movie playing. But yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Sorry. All right, people listening, it's you and me and Miles. But Miles doesn't speak English. For Miles is a dog, so it's just me. All right, we're all set up and waiting. Everyone, (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger has a very interesting, angry look on his face. Yeah, I I'm I'm very like preoccupied with thoughts of like social justice and like feminism and objectification and 
all this shit and it's hard to like just watch and enjoy things sometimes because i'm like should i enjoy this instead of just enjoying it but i'm really enjoying this movie and then if i enjoy something i feel like i have to justify it to at least myself i don't know i blame donald trump <laughs> all right so we're finally being attacked by the predator there's some the animation of the predator like swinging around the tree Who's moving really slowly for a second there? Oh, shit. Carl Weathers just got a good look at him. So, I'm unsure if the Predator specifically revealed himself to Carl Weathers just now. Or if it was a malfunction of some kind of his cloaking device. Okay, so now... <laughs> Carl Weathers is just like posing with guns in a vest, shirtless. Looking very good doing it. There's definitely more gratuitous uh, like male objectification than female objectification in this movie. Like, definitely far more. That's a very interesting balance that you don't often see. Wait, what did you say you were confused about earlier? I'm back. Yeah, uh, I was confused about um, whether or not the Predator's cloaking device was malfunctioning or if he showed himself to Carl Weathers. Oh, I think it was malfunctioning. Oh my god, this guy is scared shitless. Yeah, what is this character's name? Oh my god, he's singing the Little Richard song. Oh, I never picked that up. I didn't recognize it. Uh, so he's just kind of losing it. Well, wouldn't you? I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Oh my god! Wow, that's his. That's like, yeah. When people sing to calm the, their nerves, that's uh, it's always frightening. I love that as they get deeper and deeper into battle with this thing, they get nakeder and nakeder. That's hot. They're in the yeah. jungle. It's like summertime. And man, Carl Weathers is ripped. Holy shit. Look at this guy. He works out. He's been behind a desk for a while though. So he's not quite as ripped as Arnold. But he, but he could hold his own in a, in a tableless arm wrestle. <laughs> for a while. Oh. That's the predator using Mac's voice. Mac, that's the guy's yeah. name. No. Oh no, it was Mac using it, Mac's voice. <laughs> it is. Yes. There's some good misdirection in this. Yeah. So that's Mac. Yeah. Mac is is the one who's kind of struggling with his. Uh, yeah. With his chill. He sees the predator. He's see. He knows he's not like losing it he he there's something out there yeah yeah like he knows that there's something out there but he's handling it in a very strange way by shaving in the middle of the day you got to be aerodynamic if you're going to outrun the predator that means shaving a lot i mean i wonder if for some people like having a clean shave it like makes you feel more like ready for anything you know what i mean maybe 
Oh my god, they're ready. They're gonna try to kill this guy. They think they can do it. I love that. The music feels... I mean, I love the music, <laughs> but it feels like it's from a different movie sometimes to me. Like, it feels like it's from a Steven Spielberg movie when this is like a very hardcore, you know... I don't know, man. I, I think that's like... That's what makes it creepier for me. I really I, like Because I always thought Steven Spielberg movies are creepy. He's mm. got a creepy vibe to a lot of his movies, you know? Yeah. Does, does that make... Am I... No, I agree with that. It's always like a child a childlike creepiness about them there's, there's something like so cinematic about this music yeah and and the movies feels like oh no oh, God. that is not good that's bad the movie smells so, feels like tight and gritty you know yeah oh that's worse oh my well, god at least he met a quick end his head exploded okay mac is dead was his oh, name mac yeah mac mac is cheese oof Oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The predator killed him. I think from from the outside like before I'd seen this movie, I always thought that the predator was like some sort of animal. And I really liked that it. it's like smarter than all of these people. You know, it's a it's just like a yeah. it's just like this type of warrior from another planet that is has better tools and is really smart. Yeah. It's like hum- it's like a human out hunting uh, like on safari. Hunt- hunting lions. Right? I remember f- I remember being young and feeling like I didn't want to watch this because I didn't like movies that made aliens out to be the bad guys because oh, yeah. I always believed that like human beings need to come together if we're going to be able to join like a galactic society. That, yeah. I, that I believe exists because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Um, like Star Trek, basically. And that uh, reacting to things out of fear in, instead of a place of knowledge is dangerous. So I really like when movies show you getting to know things and realize that you can that you don't have to be afraid. So I yeah. avoided movies like this. But, um, but then I watched it and I loved it <laughs> when I got older. But I remember being, I mean, the only reason I'm telling this story is because I remember being in elementary school and, you know, defending aliens against people like, no, aliens are good. They're going to be good. And people like, no, aliens are monsters and they're going to kill us all. And I was always really upset because I wanted people to think that aliens were good. Yeah. Well, you know, we should also get together as a society in case of an, uh, in case an alien becomes a threat. Totally. Which is why I loved Independence Day and Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh! His oh gun Jesus! Is, he's still firing his gun. Oh with my his god! Severed hand. Carl Weathers' whole arm was shot off. Oh, this is bad news. Oh, I love this shot—the tilted camera. And he's wow. looking at it, and he's like, "Oh, oh my, my god. god!" Yeah, that shot is amazing. Everything's twisted, dude. This performance is so good. Yeah. Oh my. That prosthetic makeup is really good. Look at that. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that shot is gorgeous. That matte painting was really pretty. The Carl's Weather character, Carl's Carl's, Carl's Weather, Weather, Carl's Jr. Uh, Carl Weather's character is oh he's throwing his gun away. I love this part. Billy, Billy, let's go. See, I, I kind of feel like well, <laughs> Billy's just taking a stand. 
and he's like reasonably ripped you know who's that actor i don't know oh we were gonna look that up earlier who's yeah. billy I've, i had it open then i dropped my phone I mean, he's pretty damn ripped. Don't get me wrong. Like Billy, I don't uh, know. I don't see. know what Billy thinks he's doing by like Sonny, hanging back. Is, Sonny Landham. Is he doing it to help them? Sonny Landham. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe he's like. I think that he knows that he's gonna die. You know. Is he doing it to give them? Is it? Is, I, is I this a that, selfless act, or I is this him just? Think like, there's a little bit of that. I think it's like half half that and half just, you know, I don't want to run anymore. Yeah. I just want to face this and be done with it for better or for worse. And there's something so kind of, I don't know. But I, I love this performance. Like, he doesn't seem like, I don't know. His first lines of dialogue in the movie were delivered in such an awkward way, but the whole rest of the movie, he's so good. Yeah. Oh my oh, god. Wow. I think a he just piece iced of his that head guy. was shot off. The the murders are accelerating. Why did he kick the gun out of her hands? Uh oh. I don't know. <laughs> That's the line that we've all been waiting for. Yeah. So, Doesn't he have a get to the chopper line in another movie too? Like, does he say something about a chopper in True Lies or something? I haven't uh, seen probably. True Lies. I, I think I feel like the a- bridge is out. Get to the chopper. Is that a thing he says? At oh, some point? maybe. But that was a really good get to the chopper. <laughs> I should watch True Lies. I've never seen it. This sounds like the. So- you can't see through Star Wars music. You can't see the heat through things. So when he walks behind something, you can't see him. Hmm. Oh, this that, is a, that. Oh, is, that's so good. He just like slid off of a mountain accidentally. Yeah, that and, was that was a very Steven Spielbergy kind of a scene too. Yeah. Sliding down a. Oh, that's obviously a <laughs> stunt double. That's out of focus too. Oh, yeah, like who was a, the focus puller on that shot? I think it was, I think it was filmed with a with like a a long lens from really far away, which should make it easier to be in focus. No, they got one shot at that because that looks nothing like Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's another one that looked like it was that digitally like panned. Oh, it wasn't Killian Murphy? Yeah, no, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not diving into water. <laughs> I don't care how muscular he is. <laughs> I mean, but all of this is awesome. He just like, he's running for his life from a predator and he accidentally slides off of a mountain and now he's like swimming for his life after he f- fell off of a waterfall. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. It kind of feels like Goonies at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The tone of the movie like totally changes um, f- from like. Well, just for this little bit. Well, well I, I, think, guess- I think from the point where. Now that we know what's going on, it's like, okay, yeah. we're killing an alien now. I think from that Carl Weathers attack on, it feels like a very different movie. And it's a movie that I, that I, I, I love, I love the second half more than the first half for sure. That's why I remembered it so much more clearly. Well, cause, cause like, was, I like the first half just fine, but it's so real feeling that, I mean, and you have to do it that way to get to this point where you have this kind of epic battle between yeah. these two 
warriors that just feels like so unique and different, you know? Just fell asleep in the mud. Oh shit! Predator can dive too. Oh, look at that beautiful water. Yeah, I mean, it's also like. Such oh, a good, look at this. Such a good monster movie. His little hair things coming out of the water first. The way that they. Uh, oh, yeah. The way that they develop the tension, it feels like really expertly done. Yeah. Yeah, this is the problem. You, this is why you don't want to introduce the monster first, because this is really cool. But if this is how it started out, oh yeah, then it wouldn't. It wouldn't be as. I wouldn't feel as scared. Yeah, it's like the the this type of movie requires a little bit of patience, and I feel like to get around having to have patience, they just blew up a village early on. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but this is great. I mean, the predator is looking right at him and can't see him because, and as the and shows the audience like the heat vision can't see him through the mud. Okay, so I, my thing about him only seeing when he's invisible is wrong. Okay, because yeah, he's visible right now. There's a little bit of a heat. What's that? What's that? I think this is. Oh yeah, this is another like great misdirect. It was just like a squirrel or something. Oh, it was oh, a yeah. little R O U S. So he can't even he can't even look at a a possum and know that it's a possum. Beca- yeah, because of his terrible vision. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he sees things that we don't, but he doesn't see things that we do. So it's probably a trade-off. But it seems like for for being a predator, his way of vision is actually really really good unless you cover yourself in mud. You know. Yeah. That's like his Achilles heel. Because the same thing happened in Predators. It feels... He didn't even know. He was like holding still. Wow. I feel like that mud would have to be way thicker to, I feel to like not that, see any of the heat. I feel like body. that mud was way more thick than would have happened naturally by him just accidentally getting him on, on himself. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure if I buy this, but I in, do like it. In my memory, he had rubbed himself with mud. Maybe he does that later. I, I pre- I'm pretty sure he does that for okay. his final confrontation. In my dreams, Arnold Schwarzenegger is rubbing himself with the mud. <laughs> That'd so. be a good song. <laughs> <laughs> the new hit single from Zorz Najor. <laughs> uh, in my dreams, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is covering himself in mud. There, I wrote it for you. There you go. Oh... So I think the reason I like the second half so much is that oh my uh, God. it's really like like these these everyone's brawn has been shown, you know, and brawn yeah. is not working here and it becomes you know, puzzle solving and thinking that give him yeah. his only chance at survival. Like he has to like really think like a like prey in order to What I don't I do not appreciate he, the he sent the um like he cut the prisoner's chains off her her rope off yeah it ostensibly so she could help and then as soon as there was any bit of danger he he kicked the gun out of her hands and told her to get to the chopper and now he's just by himself like why not have the help of like maybe she has some useful knowledge you know i don't know the first time i watched this i was actually disappointed that they just got us down to one character 
and I don't know why because on in like hindsight I I actually kind of like it. I there's something about just watching one character. Oh, oh I can't even Oh Ooh. god. He pulls his he pulled spine, his spine and skull and, out. Ugh. Oh my gosh. You just see, for fun, right? And then you see in Predator 2 his collection of skulls and spines. <laughs> oh my god. That's so disgusting. That's really gross. It's like they put yeah. a bunch of <laughs> There's something about like just focusing on on these two characters that I find like really evocative. Yeah. And like the first time I was watching it you had so many characters around for so long and then it it feels a little lonely, but by the end of the movie, I, I was really into it because I got so engaged in this story of like these two characters against each other, the Predator and, and Dutch. Oh, this, so this watching it for a second time, I'm like, I was looking forward to the point where it was just Dutch, you know, because I yeah. remember liking it so much. And he's been very, he's been studying the, the, this whole time. He's studying everything that's happening. And he's yeah. like, he's like building up knowledge and it was probably necessary for all those guys to die just for him to get to a point where he knew what he needed to do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I would, so which probably makes sense for him to send, send the woman away. So I've seen two predator movies and in both of them, it came down to one man and one predator at the end, you know, fighting each other. I'd love to see a sequel. Cause I think they're still talking about making more of these where it's like a woman at the end fighting the predator. I think that'd be so badass. Telling you, Predator versus Robocop. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, the Predator's like. I th- there you go. Arnold is- Schwarzenegger covering himself in mud. Yeah, okay. All right. It's happening. It did happen. It's very intense. He's going very slow and staring into the middle distance with the greatest of intensity. Yeah. Wow. This yeah, is, it's a great shot. It's panning so slow, and his face is obscured by like a tree root for a while. His whole preparing for the predator montage is has been cameras slowly moving by. Yeah, like with a thing obscuring, uh, obscuring him in the foreground, and he's in the background, and then the thing gets out of the way, and then you see what he's doing. I love shit like this where fake moon, like where they there's like no dialogue <laughs> for a really long time. Like, remember in Wally in the beginning when there was no dialogue for like 20 minutes? Yeah. This visual storytelling it was so effective. Or even in Riddick, like, the best part of Riddick was. Whoa. Um, whoa. It's the part where he was like by himself. Whoa. Whoa. He just did a, he a war cry. Yeah. He's ready. I'm ready for you now. Come get me. Oh, he's so cool looking. Man, the character design is incredible. Cause I do not trust that little laser scope at all, though, because that thing looks so chintzy. Was he heating up his blades? I don't know what he was doing. Was he cauterizing? <laughs> no, that wasn't a laser. That was just a, that was just a sight. It was like a laser sight. Yeah, it was hard to tell what was happening. I don't know there. what he was doing. Yeah, I don't know what that shot was him doing. I don't get it. It's all right. Are they actually in the woods right now, or do you think this is set? Um. 
I don't know. I think I think these are real woods. <laughs> With a lot of How do they get that lighting effect machines. in the back? How do, how do they get I don't a know. big white like I don't know, burst it could of be light wrong. in the background? It's really hard to tell. I think they shot this on the holodeck. <laughs> oh, listen to those dissonant notes. What? It's daytime. Yeah. Why is it daytime? Well, it's daytime all of a sudden. I think, is that implying that he was just there all night? Well. Waiting? I feel like they could have done that better. They've done, everything else has been expertly done in this movie. Oh, shit. He's now right behind you. But he knows. I think he knows. He definitely knows now. Yeah, he knows. That's oh, yeah, and he knows he can't see him. Yeah, he's got the mud. He's... Oh, that's cool. Wow, that's a cool shot. How the hell did they do that? Swing. There's something kind of Indiana Jonesian about oh, yeah. the second half of this movie. Oh, this is it kind of reminds me of like the Ewok <laughs> the Ewoks. Really? <laughs> when they uh set all those traps for the um Oh yeah. The uh, the walkers. The Yeah. Can you imagine if instead of Ewoks, it was just a forest full of duchess? Oh, my God. The the Empire would not stand a chance. No. I would have bought that ending much more than I did. Oh, that's so cool looking. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, the animation to make him <sighs> invisible is so cool. I just, yeah, I, I guess special effects aren't as exciting nowadays. Unless somebody does something, like, really quirky. I agree. That, Because like when this came out, I was like, be, "Holy crap! How did they do that?" Exactly. You used to look at everything and be like, "Oh my god, how did they do that?" And now it's just like, "Oh look, CG. Look yeah. more CG." But then every once in a while, somebody will come out with a movie that's like has some effect that you've never seen before. Yeah. And then you're like, "How did they do that?" And it's exciting, but it doesn't happen as often. And it's usually because they combine CG with practical effects in a way that hadn't been done before. Like Ex Machina, um, the the robot android lady in that looked incredible huh but they just had an actress wearing a suit and then they digitally like replaced her insides huh I like that movie Birdland that was made to look like one shot Birdland I didn't see that is that oh, the, is Michael Keaton in that yeah it's supposed to be one shot Wait, isn't but it Birdman it's, Birdman Bird, what's Birdland Birdman, yes, you're right. Birdman. Birdland is something else. Birdland is a store in San Diego. <laughs> One time my Bird friend Man. and I were driving around I in like my old Nissan Stanza and we played this game where you like flip a coin and if it's if it's heads you go right, if it's tails you go left. And we just like let the coin guide us until we got to a place and then just said that we got there, you know, through the power of the coin, and it took us to Birdland. Huh. Very exciting end to that excursion. <laughs> what is Birdland? Birdland's a store, like a, it's like a giant department store with bird supplies. Seriously? I think. We didn't, I was closed. We didn't go inside. Interesting. You had a Nissan Stanza? Yeah, it was my first car. What year? Oh, God. 80, 89? 89? I don't know. It was my grandma's car. It was sure it wasn't a 90? I had a 1990 Nissan Stanza. Did you? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was gold. Mine was white. Was it like <laughs> as boxy as boxy can get? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't start making cars on un- unboxy until the mid 90s. 
We, well, that's so cool. That was such uh, a fun first car. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. When I was younger, I used to um, also go on road trips where the destination was unknown. I wouldn't do that nowadays. Yeah, I want to waste the fuel. Plus, I don't have a car, so. Yeah, me neither. I love not owning a car. But I, I took a car to go here. Man, so I've been. <laughs> yeah, I I have car to go, and I love it. It's disgusting but out though. The yeah, it's nasty out. It snowed yesterday for no reason, and it was sunny in the afternoon. It was crazy. That's right. I'm gonna walk home. How are just, you? I just didn't want to carry your microphones. Oh, thank you. And in the rain. The walk. It's like a two. It's like a two and a half mile walk to your house. Yeah. Or two miles. I bike to you, but I, uh, I've never walked it. Too. It's an. It's I'm a too pre- impatient. It's a pretty easy. It's a nice walk if you have stuff to think about. Yeah. He just threw a. A heat thing so that the predator would be misdirected yeah we're in like the meat and he knows his eyesight's not good so now he's like okay and i know what i need to do i need to like he made himself invisible because the predator was invisible before and now it's even playing field yeah more so except the predator has laser weapons from yes but he has he has better eyesight than the predator he can see more of what's going on he bleeds and mutagen ooze yeah that's helpful if it weren't for this predator's like really clear weaknesses, he wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, but that—that's the point: is that you got to find the weaknesses. Yeah, and exploit them in any situation. You know, for, uh, from a metaphorical standpoint, you if know, it you want to. We can kill it. Yeah, kill it. Man, if I were in this situation, I would try to communicate with the predator, and I'd probably be the first to die. We can work this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's sit down and talk. And that'd be my, th- oh, my thing. Oh, that shot. So good. But all you can see is his eyes because he's covered in mud. Have they pointed out that the Predator hasn't killed anybody who hasn't been holding a weapon? No. That's interesting. I think you're right. Because they talk about that in the second one, I think. Or don't they talk? Oh, dripping blood right behind you. Am I thinking of a different movie? Maybe I'm thinking of the Borg. <laughs> Yeah, the Borg don't attack unless you've proven yourself to be a threat. But I think that's how the Predator works, too. Or the Predator is doing it as a, for fun and games, so he wants it to be a challenge. So he's not going to attack somebody who, who's in chains. Hmm. Because he's, he's got sportsmanship about him. Oh. That was really cool. He tried to, like, swing on this vine, and the Predator shot it, and he fell in. Yeah. Or a branch or something. Oh, no, and his mud is gone. Washing off his mud in the process. They got a really good shot of the mud coming off of him, too. <laughs> like, it, we could just made it put like, that slow motion and a gif. I can imagine, like, as a visual storyteller, if I was making this and, like, I got that shot, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, you can really tell the mud comes off of him. That's a good point. That would be really hard to, it's hard to, it would be really hard to do. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. He could have killed him. Yeah. Yeah, those are his blade things. I swear he was heating those up Oh, before. he is huge. He's a tall guy. Okay, so the Predator is caught Dutch, and he's choking him. All right, so the Predator is obviously eight feet tall. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a cyclo. <laughs> 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 he, he looks like one, too. Yeah. This is literally Battlefield Earth right now. <laughs> he's fighting a cyclo this is on Earth. Much better than Battlefield Earth. <laughs> so, okay, he hasn't killed him yet. He's just staring at him. He does not have a weapon. 
I think is why. I th- I think he needs to. I mean, he's definitely injured. He's bleeding that. I don't know. Green shit. He's got rules about how who he kills and why. Oh, he's taking off his mask. I forgot about this. This is so good. This is what the audience has been waiting for. Yes. They're like, is this a? Is that his face? Yeah, you know, I think is that I his just hair. Thought, the first time I saw this, I think I just thought it was his face. And then when he takes this off, I'm like, oh shit, there's a mask on. He yeah. has a face under his mask. Yeah. Could this movie? Is there any way this movie could get any scarier? I think that's the question they were asking. Yeah, I mean, it's very this, obviously a mask. This guy's face is the it. scariest thing. Yeah. <laughs> Imaginable. Oh my god, they do it so well. Oh shit. Oh, that's not good. This is his regular vision now. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> oh, that that's a good line. Wow, the press. Oh my god, it's so good. Dude, it's so good. How did they do that? His uh, mouth just like when he roars, his mouth just like opens up. Jean-Claude Van Damme could not have pulled that off. No. <laughs> there would have been no reason to do that. <laughs> He's got a new show coming out that looks really Who, funny. Who's so? Who is who is the guy playing playing the predator? Is this like a seasoned like I, monster I actor? I didn't recognize the name. He, he's we can acting, look him up. Because he's walking around like like a movie monster. Oh yeah, he's doing a really good job. Yeah. Well, that's who you should cast for something like this. Look man. how slimy his face is. Yeah. So I think he didn't kill him because he's recognized that this is like a worthy opponent, and he wants to fight him. Uh, like hand to hand with no armor, he wants. Uh, to, yeah, he he wants to challenge himself to a fair fight. The only thing, the only reason he's alive is because this predator has decided he's going to be alive. This, yeah. So the predator definitely has the upper hand, except that he you can't see very well. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I mean, he doesn't know any different. That's how he's seen all his life, probably. But Dutch is getting his ass beat. Man, was it Stan Winston that did this? The prosthetic, I don't know. Stuff? I don't know. Like the fact that they can fit animatronics into a mask. Look how big he is. Oh, he's huge. It's so. Oh my cool. god. <laughs> and that, and that is not Lord of the Rings style changing people's size. Right. Yeah, like it just reminded me of the orcs in Lord of the Rings and how in the uh, the orcs- Hobbit trilogy they were all CG and like. Or that that main orc was CG the whole time, and I I never bought him as a credible threat because I'm like, guys, just CG. I never I, I felt the same way about Gollum, but everyone disagrees with me on that for some reason. That's interesting. I really, really, really loved Gollum. Gollum was one of the only CG characters I've ever like really believed. I mean, I think it was good for CG, but it does not like I don't buy that he's in the scene. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily look real, but the the performance feels real. Sure, I and just that's what I love about it. Because at the end of the day, like the performance matters more to me than the technology oh. that's used to capture it. Come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. Kill me, I'm here. Kill me. I. This whole thing where he's saying to kill him is uh, is would be a useful uh, animated GIF. <laughs> for, for reactions on Twitter or Facebook. <laughs> you could put something else that rhymed in his mouth, like Bill Me or 
fill me or <laughs> rope. Oh, rope he crushed him with the log. Oh gosh. Let's just hope there aren't any more predators, I guess. That's one. Ah, oh, good. Wait a second. Oh, he's not dead. <laughs> Look at that lens flare. This is so weird because so I've only seen this once, and the first half of the movie I remembered so little, but the second half I remember so much. I, I think that uh, this just like the second half just grabs my attention so much more. See, the first half of the movie I think is the better half for me because really, I I like premises, and when stuff starts happening, I'm like, okay, now stuff. This is what I expected, so I'm. It's not as interesting to me, although I, this is still a. I, for I just, me, movies are so much about show me something I've never seen that's yeah. interesting to me, you know? And I, that this is definitely that. What the hell are you? He what doesn't kill him, he has the chance. Yeah. Well, he's he's not a he's not an assassin. This makes sense, because you would want to communicate with him, but he's trying to kill you, so you don't have time to, like... That's just not in the. That's not one of the options. That's not good. He's he's pressing buttons on his arm console, on his Apple Watch. Oh, it's definitely a bomb. Oh yeah, self destruct, auto destruct. I think he's gonna. Blow okay, he looks up. at he looks at these symbols and he sees that they're getting smaller and he's like, that sounds. That looks like a countdown. Oh, and the and that's he's good. Definitely for, laughing. It's good for him to recognize that. Uh, I would run yeah, away. This is the universal sign of a countdown. I would get, okay. Come on, get that laugh is chop- way too human sounding. I would. Uh, oh no, he's get to playing the back someone else's laughter from earlier. You're right. No, I, that's totally cool. He was playing back. Uh, yep, that he, guy. he recorded that laughter. Was that Max happen? Yeah. No, I'm totally okay with all of this now. Yes, that's the coolest. Oh, that was a great explosion. That's a cool explosion. Although I do not buy that he was that close to something that was that oh. weird looking. And then this is the first <laughs> time we've seen other humans in like half an hour. Yeah. Wow. Hey, it's the sassy general. So that this this is they see what looks like a nuclear explosion. He just let off a nuclear explosion like a hundred feet from where Arnold Schwarzenegger was, but we saw earlier that he could lift up a car and he could probably survive a nuclear explosion. It was a small small nuclear explosion. They find him inside of a refrigerator, right? Okay, I guess just because there was a mushroom-shaped cloud doesn't mean it was nuclear, but it seemed like a big explosion. It was a big explosion, but for a nuclear explosion, it would be small. His silhouette was even distorted when he jumped over that rock. Look at him! This music is amazing. If ever I survive a blast like that and the helicopter comes to find me... Like I want to be shirtless, covered in ash, <laughs> standing up. This just is like waiting. Some Aaron Copeland Americana. This music. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like it's like. Uh, oh, they just the same music did, that was playing. They when, just cut from one shot. They just like did a soft fade. I was looking right at at Dutch, and he like moved a little bit. It's like they took a shot and then they cut to the part where the where the helicopter is coming down. Huh. What? She's crying. Why are they? Is she sweating or crying? I, so they picked him up and he looks beat to shit, but they got him in a helicopter. She's looking at him like... 
like she has a feeling about see this is where a book would just tell you what people are thinking <laughs> i just really like it i mean i just, I'm just like what i just feel like you have this they're just tired like, really intensely macho group of people that get really humbled by or killed i mean everyone's killed and then he's just humbled by this experience yeah. it seems like that's what i get out of his look at the end but maybe i'm an yeah. optimist yeah well i i i i, I bet there's a oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this okay they're doing the credits and they're just showing all Poncho, the actors Haw- Hawkins, like laughing shane black isn't he Billy. a director now yeah this is an odd choice blame well so the music they're playing at the end was like funeral music and now yeah. now this is like a memorial service they're like they're playing like the happy moments of these people's lives they just keep cutting to all the different actors from throughout the movie and then they're looking at the camera and smiling and it looks ridiculous it's hilarious. It's an odd choice for a movie like this. this I know. This feels totally out of character for the oh. movie. They just freeze-framed him. Yeah, he's the only one they freeze-framed. <laughs> he's like, you're not going to show me smiling. Wow. I've got too much uh, <laughs> dignity. Is that the same Shane Black who's a director now? I gotta look this up. I don't know. Look it up. On my phone. Okay. Uh, I gotta listen to this music because it's so good. Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. Yeah, they should have showed him, him smiling. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shane what? Black as Rick Hawkins. Yeah, th- this is totally, totally this Shane Black I was thinking of. Shane Black is an American screenwriter, director, producer, and actor. Black has written such films as Lethal Weapon and its sequel, The Monster Squad, The Last Boy Scout, Last Action Hero, and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Wow. So, yeah, he wrote Last uh, He wrote Last Action Hero? did he just direct it? Let's see. And The Monster Squad? Have you seen Monster Squad? Oh, he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was a great movie. He did Iron Man 3. That's what I was thinking of. It was ah. One of my favorite uh Iron Man movies. Movie? Oh my god, he's set to direct the next installment in the Predator franchise. There you go. That is so cool. That's it, so cool. Is the next installment in the Predator franchise going to be a reboot of of the original movie? Well, let's take a look. Let's I'm going to look at the Wikipedia article and see Or is it going to be like what's going here. what's happening on in Predator Planet? That's what I like half of this article earlier. Well, the, do you see the movie Predators? No. Did they show the Predator Planet? Um, Do they show like people hanging out at Predator coffee shops? No, it's, like, that's it's, what I want to see. I want to see like on the an alien civilian planet. Uh, it's re- I really liked it. I saw it twice. Where they drop them in and parachutes, and they don't know what what's going on. Right? That's like the first scene. Yeah, they like land on an. They're they're like all convicts or something, and they land on an alien planet, and then they're being hunted, and they have to survive. See, this is the kind of thing that pe- people in movies they're always like. <sighs> They're always like doing all this horrible stuff to convicts. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know. So the original monster suit was vastly different from the final product designed by Stan Winston. Yeah, it was Stan Winston. Wow, you you know how to pick him. <laughs> I mean, he did all the Wait, greats. So he did the suit and the did he do the prosthetics? The, well, let's the, see. the mask? The original monster was a disproportionate, ungainly creature with large yellow eyes and a dog-like head. Yeah. And it was nowhere near as agile as later portrayed. McTiernan consulted who's McTiernan consulted Winston after production is the director okay director consulted Winston after production became troubled while on a plane ride to Fox Studios alongside Aliens director James Cameron Winston sketched monster ideas Cameron suggested he had always wanted to see a creature with mandibles which became part of the Predator's iconic look that's cool I wonder how that conversation came up you know I've always wanted to see a creature with mandibles Let's look at so Kevin Peter Hall played you mean in the movie. No, played just in the general. dude. Uh, first two Predator films. Whoa, 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 oh, whoa. he was he was Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. The TV show. I'm gonna let me read this article. Let's see. Because Harry and Harry and the Hendersons was John Lithgow. 
Uh, <laughs> wait, say that again. Because Harry in the in the movie Harry and the Hendersons that you're talking about John Lithgow. The movie was John Lithgow. Yeah. Oh, but there was a TV show. So yeah, it must have been the TV show. Wait, okay. So Kevin Peter Hall is the guy who played Hawkins, and he's the one directing the new Predator movie. No, um, Shane Black. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Black played one of the military guys. Oh, Kevin Peter Hall was the Predator. Yes. Okay. Uh, commitments oh, by the- Harry, Harry, the Harry is the is the Bigfoot. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got you now. I'm so sorry. I think it was. I'm sorry. I think he probably played it in both, but I'm not sure. I, I have a uh, memory of it being the same actor in both, but I, I don't know for sure. Those movies came out in the same year. Um, okay, let's see. Commitments by Schwarzenegger delayed the start of filming by several months. The delay uh, gave time for a rewrite from screenwriter David Peoples. He's a pretty famous screenwriter. Um, let's see. <laughs> Just looking for interesting shit. Here. He married uh, Maria Shriver and honeymooned for only three days during filming uh Schwarzenegger did wow the director McTiernan and Schwarzenegger both lost 25 pounds during the film Schwarzenegger's weight loss was a professional choice McTiernan lost the weight because he avoided the food in Mexico due to health concerns unlike McTiernan most of the cast and crew suffered suffered from traveler's diarrhea since the Mexican hotel in which they were living was having problems with the water purification you explained that earlier you oh did I say that earlier way earlier this sounds familiar yes okay be like before we started the movie i think you, you yeah that. maybe in the middle or no no it was during the, when they were blowing the place up yeah <laughs> according to schwarzenegger filming was physically demanding as he had to swim in very cold water and spent three weeks covered in mud for the climactic battle with the alien oh three weeks to film that wow that's pretty cool that's believable in addition cast and crew endured very cold temperatures in the mexican jungle that required heat lamps to be on all of the time cast and crew filmed on rough terrain that according to the actor was never flat always on a hill we stood all day long on a hill one leg down one leg up it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) but at least we weren't being uh (laughs) hunted by a predator yeah Schwarzenegger also faced the challenge of working with kevin peter hall who could not see in the predator suit the actor remembers (laughs) much like the predator (laughs) itself yeah so when he's supposed to slap me around and stay far from my face all of a sudden whap there is this hand with claws on it Hall stated in an interview that his experience on the film wasn't a movie. It was a survival story for all of us. For example, in the scene where the predator chases Dutch, the water was foul, stagnant, and full of leeches. Hall could not see out of the mask and had to rehearse his scenes with it off and then memorize where everything was. The outfit was difficult to wear because it was heavy and off balance. (laughs) Cool. It's dedicated to the... I think I could have told you that. Memories of Augustine... Oh, no. Duarte and Federico Yasunza, who were both killed on March 31st, 1986, in the crash of Mexicana Flight 940. Oh. And they were crew members on this movie? I don't know. It doesn't say. Uh, R. Greenberg Associates created the film's optical effects, including the alien's ability to become invisible, the thermal vision, point of view, its glowing blood, and the electrical spark effects. The invisibility effect was achieved by having someone wear a bright red suit because it was the farthest opposite of the green, oh, the green. of the jungle. Oh, okay. oh yeah, and the blue of the sky. The size of the predator. The red was removed with chroma key techniques, leaving an empty area. The take was then repeated without the actors using a 30% wider lens on the camera. <gasps> when the two takes were combined optically, the jungle from the second take filled in the empty area because the second take was filmed with the wider lens. A vague outline of the alien could be seen with the background scenery blending around its shape. That That's is brilliant. fucking cool. 
That's cool. Yeah, I mean, like you, just like the ingenuity and thought that went into that. You just can't do that with CG. You know, it's all the. Well, you can though, because what you can do is you can say what can what what am I trying to do and how can, like I think that's what like a lot of people when when they're using CGI, they're um, they're uh, trying to solve like problems of how they can. I don't even know how how to say what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You can cut this part out. <laughs> I, I feel like with CGI, they would have just animated it, you know? Whereas they did this amazingly cool technique that made... Like, they, they used like a real performance in a way that I've never even heard of before. It's so cool. Yeah. And it looks so iconic. But it's still, even even if you were like trying to recreate that and you didn't know how to do it, you would use digital software. You would use software to do it. All of it would be digital. Yeah. And you would you'd be looking at it going, what's the best way to do this? And you might come up with the same thing and it would be like a weird thing you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. And I, I think they I think that happens with CGI a lot. Yeah. I guess it's not a better or worse thing. It's just my personal preference is that I like to see things created in new and interesting ways all the time. Yeah. And CG doesn't really do that. Yeah. CG is more just about the design, which is still amazing. And like they, they can design things that are so cool to look at. And I really appreciate that because they can do anything with it. But, but there's something about like actually building things and using the analog world to create, you know, yeah. Spectacular special effects that really appeals to me. Um, for the thermal vision infrared, so they they just use chroma key and two different and they wait they did they shoot the th- whole sequence on two different lenses? Yeah, yeah, a wider lens for the second take. They did a separate and they take. combined those two takes optically. How did they get the takes to be the same? They might use motion control, or did they? Um, Oh, weird yeah. or just a wow. static yeah. or just a static camera for the thermal vision infrared film could or not maybe be it didn't used matter they... because it did not register in the range of body temperature wavelengths the filmmakers <laughs> used an inframetrics thermal video scanner as it gave good heat images of objects and people the glowing blood was achieved by green liquid from glow sticks used by campers and mixed with personal lubricant for texture the electrical sparks were rotoscoped <laughs> animation using white paper pin registered on portable light tables to black and white prints of the film frames. I have no idea what that meant. The drawings were composited by the optical crew for the finished effects. Additional visual effects, mainly for the opening title sequence of The Predator arriving on Earth, were supplied by DreamQuest Images, later Oscar winners for their work on The Abyss and Total Recall. Ooh, The Abyss. Yeah, that first shot looks so good. Have you seen The Abyss? I've seen half of the first half of The Abyss. <laughs> Uh, Alan Silvestri, right off of his success from Back to the Future, composed the music. This was his first major action movie score and is full of his now familiar genre characteristics, heavy horn blasts, staccato string rhythms, and undulating timpani rolls that highlight the action and suspense. Hmm. That's cool. Silvestri returned for the sequel. I have never seen the sequel. I've only seen the... Because the f- there's three original and then the, the new one, yeah. right? Predator 2 is like Predator in the city. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see that. And uh, uh oh yeah, you should see it cuz it give it like it explains the Predator's origins a little bit better. Oh man, do you want to um, do this again for Predator 2? Maybe. I never liked the Pre- Predator 2 that much. 
well, we could because it could, doesn't have any of the mysteries. Like now I know this. Yeah. what it is. Like I, I could watch it beforehand, and we could just do another commentary. That, that's why I love the first half of this movie so much, is because I don't know what's going on. It's so mysterious, and it, yeah, and that gives it like a like a fear. Yeah, a fear I, factor. I, I fear that. For, I fear that. I hear that for sure. <laughs> uh, box office was number one. The U.S. box office when it was released. That was all. Me. Um, wow, Metacritic. Uh, has a score, average score out of a hundred of forty. That surprises low. me. Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like they did a pretty good job as from a writing standpoint of uh, making everything make sense. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, like looking, at the, critical, looking at the critical reception, they do talk a lot about what we talked about. Uh, let's see. A slightly above average actioner, actioner that tries to compensate for tissue thin plot with ever more grisly death sequences and impressive special effects. Arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. An endless stream of war and action movies in which women are reduced to mute and identical characters or banished altogether. Um, blaze, or blasted for plot holes by Roger Ebert. Uh, it supplies what it claims to, to supply, an effective action movie. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 78%. Um, cinema score B plus and then here's the legacy section in subsequent years the film's critical reception has been more positive and as a result Predator has appeared on a number of best of lists in 2001 it was one of 400 films nominated for the American Film Institute's 100 years 100 thrills list though it did not place in the top 100 in 2003 the Predator creature was one of 400 characters nominated for AFI's 100 years 100 heroes and villains in 2007, C. Robert Cargill of Film.com ranked Predator as the seventh best, best film of 1987, calling it one of the great science fiction horror films, often imitated but never proper, properly duplicated, not even by its own sequel. Entertainment Weekly named it the 22nd greatest action movie of all time in 2007 and the 14th among the best Rock'em Sock'em movies of the past 25 years in 2009, saying Arnold Schwarzenegger has never been as manly as he was in this alien-hunting testosterone fest. Wow. Uh, one of the five hundred. That's not necessarily a good thing, but yeah, I that's that's pretty high praise for a movie that's got such low marks. <laughs> <laughs> the line "Get to the chopper" was subsequently associated to Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially with Schwarzenegger saying said the line again in some of his later appearances, including oh. the new Celebrity Apprentice and advertisements for the mobile video game Mobile Strike. So I must have been wrong about right. True Lies. So that's where the movie that, that's where it came from. They, I must be thinking of like a someone, uh, uh like impersonating it or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, wow. Yeah. So the, the, the original consensus was that it was just kind of a shallow action movie, but then it's kind of been raised up over time. Well, uh, I mean, I is, maybe it is a shallow. I mean, it's a simple plot. Yeah. I don't think that it's, doesn't necessarily mean think it's, it's bad shallow story. I think that there are <laughs> shallow characters and shallow motivations within the story, but I think it's actually kind of, uh, just like it's so texturally complex. Like you have you have this character fighting another a character from another planet that he knows nothing about and has to just learn by observation how he can survive. There's something kind of like interestingly scientific about about the final confrontation where he has to learn this creature. I I don't know. I I can see. I can see why some people would feel like, especially the first half is just kind of a generic action eighties war movie. Cause that, it does feel like that. And it was yeah. kind of forgettable to me, but the second half is so iconic and just watching these two characters face off 
for me is really really interesting and beautifully shot and well scored and just such a great experience um yeah i mean like the first like the the whole first half i I, I don't dislike it, but it doesn't like stick with me in any way. And I seeing it again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is what that was. But then the second half like really sticks with me and I really, really like a lot. Yeah. How did you feel watching it again? Do you think, now that we've watched it again, do you think it is a good movie? Uh, yeah, I'd say um, it's a good movie. <laughs> I yeah. think it's simple. It's a very simple idea. But oh, I th- Andy's calling. I think it's Hold executed on one well. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Andy, we're recording a podcast uh i'm recording oh, with john hi. i got you on speaker what's up hi <laughs> oh hey hello um, no, no, nothing much i was just checking in we just got done with the show i just wanted to check in and say hey but i oh cool always say hey another time well i'll give you a call I, I, we're, we're wrapping up so i'll give you a call in a few yeah 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 take your time no problem all right <laughs> i'll talk to you soon all right. Hi, bye um <laughs> Like what from your, did it remind you of like how much you loved it from your childhood and did you still feel that like attachment to the movie? Yeah. I mean, I could see all the issues it has, but it's, um, it's still like an exciting thing to see portrayed on a screen. Yeah, totally. Just as for, just from a people, uh, being shot at and trying to figure out how to survive in this unique situation. Yeah is uh i thought it was uh, well done and the music is always uh holds a special place in my heart totally uh and that's that's a lot of movies are like that where it's it's it all hinges on the soundtrack if the soundtrack wasn't something i was into then i wasn't i wouldn't be as into the movie yeah i mean you're a musician you're into that shit yeah awesome well this was super fun we'll talk later and see if we want to do predator 2 i'd be super down if you're interested well, we'll figure Possibly. that out. We'll figure that out. <laughs> um, so, John, tell us, you just released a new album. Tell us where to go find your shit. Oh, uh, I, I've got two projects. One is Johnny Unicorn, that it's, uh, that's my solo music. And then I also have more solo music that I release under the name Zors Najor. Uh, and I just released a couple albums through that. I release a bunch of stuff as Zors Najor, Z-O-R-Z-N-I-J-O-R. And I just released an album that is perhaps my most ambitious uh, project yet uh it's a 56 song album that is the first part of a series of albums that i'm going to be releasing over the years uh in which i um put the entire u.s copyright code to music <laughs> so uh i just came out with the first one of those it's called it's called <laughs> title 17 in song section 101 definitions wow that's the title of the album and it's the first uh it's it's the first chapter of the US copyright code title 17 which you've you've seen on the beginning of every VHS tape um and it's just the definitions of all the words they're going to be using in in the code and the the code itself is um there's section 101 that's 50, that got me 56 songs there's there's like section 101 through section 111 or 112 or something uh, and then there's 201 through 20 something, and uh, there's lots and lots and lots of pages of text. So, Holy shit! So it might be thousands of songs. Wow. Uh, I can I can I put some of that in the podcast? 
Yeah, if you want. Yeah, I'd love to check it out. I, it's I heard, good stuff to know if you're doing a podcast and you're doing stuff like putting a predator on in the background. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure that's bad. Um, you recently did this project where you put up a retweet and said, "Everyone who, if I get to what like 100 retweets, I'll put all the names into a song." Oh yeah, I, and I did that, and I got 169 retweets in total. But uh, I had put an artificial uh, sort of end time after I saw yeah. that it was actually going to happen. I didn't realize people would actually retweet it. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so I didn't, I didn't use everyone who retweeted and also Twitter doesn't have very good way of tracking down exactly who retweeted what. So I don't think I got everyone, (laughs) but you did really good. I mean, it's like 10 minutes long, right? Yeah. Yeah. I listened to, I listened to half of it and I I heard my name in there. I was very happy. Yeah. There's a hundred or so, uh, names in there. It was surprisingly entertaining because like your, (laughs) your way with, uh, melody and you know, the way that you the way that you create music is very unique and very interesting. And even with something like this, where you're using other material to create something, it's like a whole different type of songwriting that is really interesting. I, I was really surprised by it's it. It's kind of the same type of songwriting that I used to do the title 17 thing. That's what I was it's, imagining. It's yeah. like, here's just a bunch of text and just make music out of that text. And, um, and it ends up sounding really proggy and weird because, um, random text doesn't usually flow in four four time right exactly right 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 you know rhythmically so that's super cool you have to do weird rhythm things to make it work yeah well i want to check out that that new one that sounds really interesting so yeah i'm gonna try to come out with a couple more albums by the end of the year i think i'm i want to i want to get i want my average to be more than an album a month so uh i'm i'm working on the 13th album that i've released this year right now so yeah hopefully i'll get that's insane i on the other hand am working on one song for four months each maybe maybe (laughs) six maybe longer yeah i've been very slow with my musical production where can people go to find your music oh uh you can go to um johnnyunicorn.com which i need to update uh that's the problem i don't update my stuff (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing as far as promoting myself but I just I just like the doing of the stuff. So yeah, um, JohnnyUnicorn.com has some links to some stuff. Uh, just type in Zor's Najor on on uh, a search engine. You're the only one. Go to, yeah, I'm the only Zor's Najor out there. Uh, or go on Spotify or go on Apple Music or whatever whatever your streaming engine of choice is and check out Zor's Najor or Johnny Unicorn. And yeah. what are you on Twitter? Johnny Unicorn. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming <laughs> over and. And and sharing this experience with me. Oh, thank you. That was that was great. Uh, Predator is an all time uh, favorite of mine. In spite of all of its many problems, it uh, it still takes me on an adventure and um, makes me think about what the right thing to do is in a situation. Yeah, when someone has hired you to do a rescue mission, and it turns out it's some other mission, and you just killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, totally. A lot, lot of lot of interesting things what, in this movie. What do you do? Well, you what go you and you kill an alien. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah. Oh man, we should say you have a podcast also, the Johnny Unicorn Show. I do. I so have a, search on your podcast. <laughs> search uh, for the Johnny listener. Unicorn Show if you yeah. want. I've been uh, on it. It was awesome. Uh, I I need to make more episodes. Yeah, I like your show a lot. Okay, thank well, you. Well, Johnny Unicorn, thank you so much for coming back, and hopefully we'll thank see you. you soon i mean we're gonna do the trial of the matrix sequels that's oh my coming gosh. up soon for sci-fi on trial yeah 
we're gonna do two movies at once on trial it's gonna be amazing i can't wait oh two and three then yeah Is that- <laughs> yeah 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 you're not I'm including gonna- the animatrix no i mean I am. Uh, I am totally not s- interested in. Watching there's only it. so much time a day. I actually have heard that it's really good. I've I've only seen a little bit of the Animatrix, but I've heard it's really really good. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Anyway, we should stop talking. I'm gonna go see if this actually recorded. I'll be devastated if it did not. But uh, thank you so much for listening. This was super fun, and John, we'll see you soon. All right. See you later. Motion pictures are audio visual works consisting of a. When shown in succession, impart an impression of motion together with accompanying sounds, if any. That was Motion Pictures from the new album by Zorz Najor, Title 17 in Song, Section 101, Definitions. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Sci-Fi. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I really appreciate it. If you've made it this far, you're my fucking hero. Uh, I seem to have fixed my recording problems. This is the first time that I've recorded for a whole episode without, you know, stopping and saving throughout since I had my computer issues a few episodes back. And all seems to be good now. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure I'm cursing myself right now by saying this out loud. But I think I'm okay moving forward, and that's very exciting. Uh, i got some great stuff coming up on the show in the very new future. I don't want to jinx the recording sessions by announcing what they are before they happen. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But I will tell you, I'm very excited about what's happening very soon on the show. Check out my website, jessemercury.com, for more of my sci-fi synth-pop album and podcast library. Plus, you can learn how you can support this show through Patreon or PayPal. One of the best ways you can show appreciation for this show is to leave a rating and review on iTunes or the podcast platform of your choice. I would really, really appreciate that. And that's it for this week. Until next time, stay nerdy out there. Stay nerdy out there.